say hombre, hold another bottle. Look a little closer, cigar in Moscato. An actor in improv, coming from Chicago. Alto, make way for Paul Vato. All right. So how'd you get on Fireside? How did this all happen? I don't know. Well, it, you know, it was a natural. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I love this. You're going to interview me. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, and if the sound effects bother you, we can also mute them. So, Jeffrey, uh, I found out about uh, Fireside through, I think, I guess through Clubhouse. You know, when the pandemic, when the pandemic was going on, I started getting into social audio. And the first platform I was on was something called Stereo. And, uh, you know, spent a lot of time on stereo, met a lot of cool people. And I, I, I was monetized on there uh, until I wasn't verified. And then you couldn't be monetized. But like people like Jeff Ross were on there and uh-huh. I, I forget who was on there. But, but, but a lot of, you know, some stand up comedians and they were paying them to bring people onto the app and and to work for so many hours, you know, an hour or two or three a week or whatever and go live for like 30 minutes at a time. And um yeah, so so then I, I I kind of separated myself from there when I wasn't verified, uh, and then I discovered Clubhouse, and Clubhouse has been amazing. I don't know if you're on there yet. It's also you know social audio, uh, right. and then through there I've discovered Fireside, and I was um, you know kind of impressed by by the founder Fallon, and and also uh, uh, what's his name uh, Mark Cuban is one of the investors in in the app. So I'm, uh, and then it's it's got a great community, but um, you know I think I sent you a VIP link, so you were able to just jump on. Uh, but there is a vetting process, uh, and we'd love to have you as a, as a as a creator on the platform. You just have to you know submit uh, an application, what kind of show you would like to do. But it's great because everything is recorded. It stays here on video. We can record this way or horizontal. Uh, it lives it lives on the platform, but then you can download it. And then re-upload it as, 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 a, as a podcast. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, you are episode six of season two. And this is my first season really of doing it here on Fireside. But that's, that's how I found out about Fireside. And I think it's great. For, uh, you know, Combine it with Anchor, which is from Spotify, uh, which is a free, a free platform. And you know, people have different theories on what platforms they should be using uh, for podcasting. But this is great. I download it from here. I chop it up just a little bit and then and then re-upload it as a podcast. And then my co-host on um, Film Talk with AJ Dean, well, I'm, I'm the co-host. Uh, her husband is helping me put all these shows up also on Roku. So I hope we have – I guess I should have been asking people if I have their permission to do all this. So, Jeffrey, do I have permission? <laughs> uh, yeah, I figure if you're on here, you must have uh, agreed to it somewhere in the, in, the, in the terms. I don't – in the TOS <laughs> service. But that's how I found out about Fireside. Oh, that's awesome, man. But it is so good to reconnect and to see you. And, and of course, I'm a big fan of yours. I don't know how far back you'd like to go. I don't know how much time uh, you have for me. But, I mean, I would. I want people to hear your story. It's such a exciting and fascinating story. And you're such a funny guy. Not to put you on the spot or anything like that. But, I mean, you, you, uh, you've had such a storied life that I thought it would be perfect for this platform and people could come and, and get to know you and meet you. And then, you know, of course it's social audio and social media so they can, uh, they can follow you, uh, whatnot, uh, and, and do all that. And I've seen that you've been doing a lot more stand up lately as well. I don't know if that's, you know, something new or not, but I was very excited.
Are you still doing the Pocho Hour of Power? Yeah, man. We, uh, yeah. You know, Lalo just won a big award. And so he's in D.C. Um, for doing political commentary with his comics. And so he's been out there rubbing elbows, you know, with all the politicians and, you know, so it makes the show better. Uh, you know, a lot more followers gives it a lot more um, uh, credence, right, for people to, to watch. You know, because when you start getting awards, all of a sudden your show's important, right? <laughs> You're still doing the same content, but since you're getting awards, it's, uh, you know, it's so yeah, it's been is fun, it, man. Lalo's been is it true? Me. Is it true that they that they doubled your salary? Man, hey, they 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 more than they tripled. Wow, wow. So now, three, I'm up, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm up to three hundred times zero. Perfect. So that's still zero. Perfect. Yes. So for those <laughs> for those of you wondering. Uh, we're talking about a show called Pocho Hour of Power, and it is on KPFK 90.7, I believe, FM uh, in L.A., Radio Pacifica. And I was one of the early hosts there with Lalo Alcaraz, who is a political cartoonist and, as Jeffrey mentioned, award-winning political cartoonist. He does a cartoon called La Cucaracha. Uh, and for the longest time, and I was always embarrassed to ask him, I didn't know if it was La Cucaracha or L.A. Cucaracha, but I just <laughs> called it but uh so this is a show that that's is it still every friday at 4 p.m or or what time are you guys doing your show yeah it's every friday at three o'clock now three at three o'clock yeah wonderful so so 3 p.m pacific and you can you can listen to it online and i was on there uh and i've i've been on you know i've called in before uh i know that when i was in la going back and forth i would pop into the show if, if i was around the studio on a friday and uh, I mean, we had some great interviews with people from all walks of life. Um, uh, but I remember one of the big ones for us was the Blasters, which which was uh, like a oh. rockabilly. Group. I don't know if, if you're familiar with Phil Dog and the Blasters, and uh, that was that was an amazing interview. But to see him perform live in the studio was always a highlight of my week. So I'm sure you've had some great experiences there as well. Man, we've interviewed the Emotions, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I've interviewed Dick Gregory, Paul Mooney, Sandra Bernhardt, Cheech and Chong, um, Damon Wayans. Um, you know, God, it's you name it. We probably interviewed him on it. That's that's amazing. Now you've mentioned some names that I know that you you are tied to. So were you instrumental in getting like Paul Mooney on the show or or Damon? Wait, and I thought I think there's a funny story about you and Damon Wayans. I, I can't remember. I, I know. <laughs> I, is there? Yeah. They, well, you know, we had Sandra Bernhardt on the show. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. Sandra loved us. Sandra's like, I, I just want to do your show. I tell him when I come to LA, I have to do the Poacher Hour Power. And so uh -huh. then we started talking about Paul, and she said, "Well, I haven't talked to Paul in 20 years." And she said, "Paul discovered her." So the next year when she came on, I had Paul call in and surprise her. Ah, uh, that's amazing. That is amazing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I'm a big, of course, a big fan of, 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 of uh, Sarah Bernhardt and, uh, and of course of, of Paul Mooney, man. I mean, that was, uh, what was your history with Paul Mooney? I, you opened for him or you went, were on the road with him or. Yeah. I said tour. I toured with Paul and, uh, you know, that kind of, it, when he passed away, kind of changed my whole act. Um, 
you know, what was crazy when I first met Paul, I was parking cars at the comedy store. And Paul was like, oh, homie, you're doing too good a job. You got to bump some cars so Mitzi will move you inside. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I bumped some cars and Mitzi's like, oh, I got to move you inside. And Paul's like, see, homie, I told you. <laughs> that is an amazing impression too, Jeffrey. That is amazing. Wow. Okay. So, so you, you on purpose wrecked a few cars so you could get moved inside. To move inside. So then the way I got to go on tour with him was he saw me do an impression of him on stage. You know. And was, so, he was in the audience as you were doing an impression of him? But I didn't know it. Ah. Uh, and so the joke was, uh, I said, wouldn't it be funny if Paul Mooney hosted African-American movie classics? Right? And Paul would be like, oh, homie. Welcome to Af oh, forget that. Welcome to nigga movie classics. <laughs> you know, what I hear in the back? Oh, 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 homie, that's brilliant. Oh, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so I do the whole joke, and at the last, the last punchline in the joke is, you know, oh, I'll have to show my nigga movie classic, The Titanic. Why is it a nigga movie classic? Because all white people die, and no niggas get blamed for it. <laughs> all I hear in the back is, oh, 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 that's brilliant. Oh, 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 that's brilliant. <laughs> so the next day, the next day I get a phone call. It's, uh, I said, hello. He goes, uh, homie, Paul. I was like, what do you want, Paul? He said, I want you to go on tour with me. I said, well, how about if I don't want to go? He goes, homie, it will help your career. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that's how it started, man. Amazing. Well, what what year was this, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, that's probably about twenty years ago, man. Fifteen, twenty years ago. Sure. sure. And then he sure. told he told me something that I didn't get until he passed away. And we're doing Caroline's. We're doing Mooney at midnight, and I'm getting ready to go on stage, and I'm looking at my notes. And he walks up to me, and goes, "Uh, homie, what are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm looking at my notes." He grabs them, tears them up, and goes, uh, comedy spiritual. Now, good luck, and don't let me down. I was like, okay, man. Uh, what? Yeah, wow. so I, I didn't get it till he died. And, and it dawned on me. The universe, the environment, is speaking to us, through us. We have to be open enough to hear that and speak their truth and not focus on the words that you're trying to focus on because then you never hear what they're saying. That's, that is brilliant. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, in the world of improv, you know, we're like, Oh, you have to be in the moment. Same with like even yoga, you know, you have to be in the moment. Uh, and I think that's how we should maybe live our lives where you're in the present, you're, you're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the past. You're not worried about, uh, and as an actor, I think it's the same thing. Like it was, this would be the first time that we're reading these lines, not so worried about what's on that paper. That is brilliant. Yes. And so you have to, as a comedian, we're the last people to speak for the environment as artists and to put the truth out there, what we see. But you can't speak it if you're focused on your words. Right. Right. How did you do that night without your notes? 
Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Dave Chappelle show, they did my the, that bit I just did on a Chappelle show called Mooney hosting the classics. That's right. Where he come out with right. two white girls and comment on movies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was a great, that's a, that is a great bit, Jeff. That That's fantastic. Um, where, where did you grow up and then how did you end up? And then I guess we'll catch up how, how you wound up. Uh, but you grew up in LA, did, did you not? Or in the suburbs? Are, are they called suburbs in LA? Yeah, my, my childhood was very interesting because my father was a jazz musician and he wrote Unchain My Heart, played with Billie Holiday, played with Charlie Parker, part of the whole L.A. Central Avenue scene. Um, and so it was him and my mom. My mom's white, my father's black, um, and they both got busted. They were heroin addicts. And I like to say in a joke that I was born a heroin baby. The way I knew was the umbilical cord was wrapped around my arm, and I was trying to get another. <laughs> only, only, only a comedian, you know, only somebody's mind like ours is going to go in that direction. Like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Of course, that's brilliant. <laughs> so, then, my, go ahead. Is that what the song is? Uh, uh, Unchain my heart. I, yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah, it's about heroin addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, he, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He wrote it with another guy in rehab. And uh, they sold it to Ray. Ah, okay. And Ray okay. was like, Bobby, we can't say it's about heroin, Bobby. We've got we to gotta say uh, it, it's, it's about a woman. And so, yeah. And so uh, when my mom got out, I would stay with my grandmother. And so she kidnapped me from my grandmother's house. And so I didn't see my father again when I was 32 years old. Um, yeah. Wow. And so then my mom was a booster, was a high-end booster. Um, for the people that don't know, that means she was a thief. <laughs> but, but, but not just any kind of thief. Well, she wasn't any kind of thief. Yeah. She was a high-end clothes, diamonds, furs thief. So she learned about racism early. So she would go in a store with two black women, like say in Beverly Hills, tell them she heard the black women say they're going to rip them off. Security would follow the black women and she'd walk in and clean them out. Brilliant. <laughs> so, Brilliant. so, yeah. So then we'd have an after hours club up in the Hollywood Hills. So on a lookout mountain drive. I actually went to Wonderland Elementary School up there. And so she would sell clothes to the Temptations, Four Tops, Marvin Gaye, Sammy Davis, uh, Bugsy Siegel. Um, and my dad would deal drugs. My stepfather would deal drugs. And they would send me away for the weekend with Papa Charles, who was a pimp, or their bodyguard, Black Joe, all, all these people. And that's how I lived until they got busted. And then I had to go move out with my aunt who had six kids out in Baldwin Park. Uh, and she married Raul Enriquez, so they were all Latino. And so that's why I lived with for a couple of years till my mom got out of prison. And that was a little gang area. So, Were you, were you in a gang? Yeah, yeah. Well, you had no choice at that point. Um, 
And then when my stepfather got out, my mom got out, and he was running drugs in and out of Mexico, so we'd have FBI raids at the house and, you know, all kind of craziness, man. Um, so that's how I got into sports. And then, you know, from there I got a scholarship, football scholarship to Washington State because I never wanted to come home. And then I got drafted by Falcons, so I ended up doing that. And then when I got done, I started doing comedy. How, and so, so let's back up just a little bit. How long were you with with the the Falcons? Uh, and I, so, obviously, you played in, in high school and then college, and then you get drafted by the Falcons. Yeah. And how long were you with the, the Falcon organization? I was with the Falcons uh, for two years. Two years. I was, I was, I was, you know, I was always an artist, right? And with my and with my stable upbringing, you know, I was, you know doing the right things when I was with the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. but what, what was that like being, I mean, in, in the professional, I mean, that's at a whole other level. That's, you know, not just collegiate. I mean, you're at this whole other level of, of gameplay. Yeah. You, you're the best of the best. Right. You, you're the best. So the game's a lot quicker. Uh, people move a lot faster. Um, it's very business-like. You know, people always say, what's the difference between playing in college and playing in pros? I said, in college, you might play because you want to look good for the girls. You want to play good for the university. You want to play because you're on TV and you want to play because you want to get drafted. In the pros, you're playing because you got child support, you got a side chick, you got a mortgage. You gotta... <laughs> that makes perfect sense. That, that's the difference between the two. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, a, a whole other level. Now, uh, so then, how did you get into stand up? Or do you remember like your first gig or your first gigs? And was it soon after you retired from from the NFL? Well, you know, I wanted to act, right? Okay. And so I started studying acting. I started uh, studying uh, Stanislavski, you know, the method, you know, because my background, that was perfect for me. Right. It made sense. Um, but they didn't know what to do with a guy, my skin complexion back there and straight hair because I had like Indian hair. Right. Because my father is is he's Choctaw and African-American. Um, you know, my grandmother's full Choctaw. Um so they didn't know what to do with me. And plus, I was too nervous in front of the camera. So in my mind, I'm like, well, what's the best way to break nervousness? Well, do stand-up. And that's how I started doing stand-up, man. Do you remember the first place that you performed? I mean, were they open mics? Or did you like end up at, at the comedy store or the improv or any of these uh, L.A. institutions? Well, I took a Judy Carter class. Sure. And everything she said not to do, I did. <laughs> I but it just gave me the opportunity to get on stage, is which all I really needed at that time. Sure, sure. Yeah. Wow. And that. So, who uh, were you coming up with at that time? Like, who were your contemporaries? Oh man! Oh my God! I was coming up with. Uh, Eric Edwards, uh, came up with Dr. Ken, I came up with Hal Sparks, uh, came up with Chris Spencer, Sully McCullough, um, 
just just a bunch of guys, man, running around. Um, and then, of course, when I went to the comedy store, you know, once I got became there, then it was, you know, it's everybody. It's Carlos Messia, Eddie Griffin, you know, T.K. Carter, uh, Paul Mooney, Richard Pryor was at the end there. Uh, you just saw all the greats at that point. Wow, that's what. So, like, what year would that have been then? I mean, also that was probably around what nine? nine it had to be late nineties. Late nine, sure. Yeah, that 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 sounds that sounds about right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, so of course, uh, now I knew like Bobby Lee later yeah, on, and Paul Shore through Bobby Lee. Things, mm-hmm. So I would imagine then you might have also, uh, you know, I, I did a show. I was, a, you know, I did some episodes of Mad TV. Right. Uh, so from Mad TV, that's where I met Bobby Lee. And, and uh, I almost did the Carlos's show. I almost did Carlos Mencia. But I think I, I, I was trying to be funny and he was walking. And I, the thing is, I'd met him before and I thought he would recognize me. But I, I, it had been so long, I think, since he'd met me that, that he didn't because I, I, knew, I knew that we'd run into, into each other at like Bobby Lee's birthday parties. And things like that. So he was walking this way, and I was walking this way. And I go, "Hey, man, do you know where? Do you know where they filmed the Carlos Mencia show?" He didn't like <laughs> he that at all. I don't think he liked that. I, I, I realized later I probably should not have done that because he just goes, he goes, "Yeah, it's back there," and kept walking. And I was going to go like, "Ah, I was just kidding," but then I didn't. And I was like, I thought it for sure I'd had it because Tommy Blacha was writing on the show, and I think he's the one that called me in. And then I just never heard back from him. I was like, oh, I fucked up, you know. But I got a story out of it, I guess, you know. I don't know. Look, <laughs> I don't think he liked that at all. <laughs> and Carl's, to me, I, I love Carl's. Carl's a great guy. He Carl's didn't do anything that everybody else wasn't doing at the comedy store. And that really? includes Joe Rogan and everybody Everybody else that's there. Really? I mean, I mean, you, 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 is it kind of like stories where there's only so many stories, but it's it's how you word them? Or, or what do you mean, like, everybody does the same thing, Les, and you, you borrow from each other? Or, I mean, I don't want to say steal. But... Oh, no, they stealing. So I'll, I'll be real with it. Um, okay. I would see Paul Mooney do his act. And then Carlos would do Paul Mooney's act but make it Mexican. And then Eddie Griffin would do Paul's act but act it out. And then Faze on Love would do Paul's act but change it around. Right. I saw Ari Spears take from people. I mean, it, it was just crazy. Cra- it was crazy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I met Aries a few times on, on Mad TV as well. And in Vegas, we, we made a few Vegas trips where Aries ended up coming out. I love his impressions. He's a, he's a great impressionist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He took Steve Rizzo's uh, joke, uh, uh, cartoon characters having sex, right? And, and, and of course, you know, he'd act them out and, you know, do all the voices where Steve just basically would tell the jokes. And it, he took Steve's joke and Steve confronted him. And Ari said, you just max, I do it better than you. <laughs> are they are people still doing that? Has comedy evolved or not maybe evolved is maybe not the right word, but has it changed since since you were? Is it always evolving? Is it always changing or or is it going to kind of remain the same? No, it's changed. I think one thing that has made me more popular, especially with the young kids, is the political correctness. And I don't do any of that, right? I'm like to the other side. 
I even I, I have a joke at the end where I say, uh, cancel me and make me famous. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Because people are so afraid that they want to have a sitcom, they want to be canceled, so they're afraid to say anything. Where myself, I don't give a damn. You know, I'll I do, I do a joke where I talk about, you know, Jeff, are you afraid to get canceled? I'm like, no, they've been trying to cancel black people since they brought us here. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then do a whole historical timeline of how they how they've canceled everybody and, and did things to cancel black folks. Um, so, yeah, I don't care. Right on. And, and it's 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 true because and it's refreshing when there's somebody like you, when there's somebody like, uh, you know, Joey Diaz, you mm-hmm. know, who, who it's, it's, I was just thinking about that the other day. And, uh, you know, I met Joey. We did a NFL of, of, uh, for the NFL Network. We did some commercials for him. Mm-hmm. 12, 13 years ago. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it's, uh, it's funny to think that, you know, he'll say whatever and he's not afraid of being canceled. You know, he's got his podcast. He, he sells out or, you know, he's, and now he's traveling. He's, he's doing a tour with Bert Kreischer, I think, or at least doing uh, a mm-hmm. few nights. So it, that is, that is uh, amazing when you're able, I, I believe it's very freeing then that you're able to do that without worrying about canceling. If anything, like I said, it'll help you. Please cancel me. Make me famous. Yeah. Yeah, no, Dick Gregory said it best. They asked Dick, they said, um, you know, why did you start doing political comedy? He said, so I could sleep at night. <laughs> he had, was that him? Who Somebody had a brilliant joke about Minneapolis, and I can't even, I, I just remember, because maybe he lived there or he moved there, but then, yeah, I, I, I can't even, I wouldn't do it justice, and I can't even remember it, but. But yeah, just another brilliant mind. What what were your interactions like with with Dick Gregory? Was he uh, uh was he there when when you were coming up? No, Dick wasn't there. But I interviewed him by myself twice on the Poacher Hour Power. And uh, I said I said to him one time, I said, Dick, you know, you wrote the book the N word, right? And he's like, I didn't write the book the N word. I wrote the book nigga. And yes, you can say it. We're on radio. <laughs> 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 and so he said, he said, look it, they gave me $250,000 to write a book, which is like a million dollars back then, right? In the sixties. And, uh, he said, they thought it was going to be a comedy book. I wrote it about my life. So they came back to me and said, we got to have that 250,000 back. He said, you can't give a black man 250,000. Think he's still going to have it. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> and so you're going to release the book and not only going to release it, you're going to call it nigga because white folks like to say it in private so that they can say it in public. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, and you interviewed him twice for the Poch Hour of Power? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Who who are some of the uh, other luminaries that, that you've interviewed for Pocho or b- been there when they were in the studio, I mean, uh, the people you mentioned already are incredible. Is there anyone that, that has stood out or that you really enjoyed a meeting on the Pocho Hour of Power? Um, I tell you, uh, the emotions were great. Uh, we had a guy on from the Circle Jerks. Uh, I forget his name, but he he he, he was amazing. Um, oh, uh, Ron Isley was amazing from the Isley Brothers. From the Isley Brothers? Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's funny because when you interview all those guys from the 60s and 70s, they have the same story. They were doing a talent show and a talent scout song. 
right? So they're like, yeah, we did this talent show. The next day we're in the, in, in the studio uh, playing backup for so-and-so. Uh, Ray Parker Jr. interviewed him. And he was talking about how when he was playing with Stevie Wonder. Uh, and then he quit because, you know, Steve likes to keep his people forever because Steve likes to be the main dude. Um, so, yeah, Ray, Ray was great. Um, yeah, those, those are some of the people that were like just awesome, man. They just, uh, yeah, they, they all had great stories, right? They all came from poverty and they loved the art and that's what they did. Wow. Amazing. Um, is it true? <laughs> Was Ray Charles really blind? All right. And this is not a setup, people. <laughs> so this is a story my father says. So my father was on tour with another group and they were in Seattle and the drummer, you know, anybody knows Ray, Ray was very hard on people. So the drummer was tired of it. So he tells my dad, look it, why don't we switch? Uh, I'm tired of Ray. Ray won't know cause he blind. And so my dad like, okay. <laughs> so, and so they switch and about a month later, my dad's like, Ray, you know, I, I, I got to get paid, man. I, I've been with you for about a month. He goes, no, Bobby, I, I know you've been with us for about a month and I like your playing, so I didn't say nothing. So my dad's like, okay. So he's watching Ray and he goes, you know what? I think Ray running game. I think Ray can see. So my dad was the guy that would put the mics out. So he says, okay, I'm going to put this mic out. Ray going to walk out. He going to walk around it. And I'm like, bam, gotcha. I knew you could see. So he sets it all up for the show, sitting at the drums. Ray walks out, busts his head on the mic. <laughs> he yells at my father, Bobby, you're fired. And my dad's like, but Ray, I thought you could see. <laughs> so yeah, Ray's blind. Ray was blind. Ray is blind. Okay. All right. Just, yeah. You know, I just wanted to, to clarify that. That that's, that's such a great story. I, 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 I love that. Um, so that's, man, that is wonderful. So you're, so you're touring again. I mean, or at least I see you doing a lot of stand-up. What, what brought you um, back? Or, or were you always doing it and I just didn't know about it? Or is it your social media that's, you know, letting people know that you're out there now? Yeah, I was doing it, but, but my, ter my material wasn't at the level that it is now. Right. Like I said, after Paul died, I went back and just had to like when I say, you know, they've been trying to cancel black people since they brought us here. That would be a Paul Mooney joke. Mm -hmm. Right. And some guy told me the other day when I got off stage, he says, you know what I love about you? You remind me of Mooney, but you're not doing Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. No, of, of course. There is this essence of Mooney, but you're not parodying him. You're not, you're, you're not copying him. You're you, you're, you're Jeffrey Keller and you're brilliant at it. Uh, but there is that essence there's, you know, but how could it not be? I mean, you know, he's such, like you said, he, you know, a lot of people were influenced by him, you know, more some than others, you know, or, or more influenced than others. But yeah, that's no, I think that, I think that really much en encapsulates you, you know, you have that essence and it's brilliant. Yeah, and we were friends, right? Like, we would hang out, you know. And, uh, you know, you watch somebody do two and a half hours of comedy a night, you know. 
You know, like I used to try to get Paul all the time, right? And when he'd come into the store, I'd try to, like one time I saw him on a Hugh Hefner show, right? In black and white. It was, show was in black, it was a Playboy after dark. I, I've, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I saw Dick Gregory on that show. Yes. In, in black and white. I mean, because I know, yes. I think he was on the show. Yeah, of course. And Paul was one of the dancers. What? So I see him. So I'm like, I got him. He ain't be able to get out of this one. I got him. So I said, hey, Paul, I'm not saying you old, mm-hmm. but I saw you dancing on Playboy After Dark to Hugh Hefner show. And he looked at me and said, uh, that's right, homie. It was me and the other brother, and I got all the coochie. So evidently, Richard used to perform on there, and Barbara Benton loved Paul, so she'd ask Paul to stay and dance on the show, and that's how it all went down. Was he doing? But so he was he not doing comedy then? I mean, was this one of his early just first work gigs, and then and then he got into comedy or? Do you, do you know his story? I mean, this is about you, but but it just no, no. crossed my mind. Yeah, no, he he he. I think Richard was dating Paul's sister, and so Paul was hanging out with Richard. Now you know when Paul first started uh, doing jokes, I believe he was like a remaster type guy. He wasn't doing serious material. It was more corny stuff. Sure. Sure. Right. And I that believe was, he used to play. A, I believe he used to play an instrument or something on stage. Was telling me. I this has to be a movie. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I don't know if anyone's ever if anyone's done it, but but uh, I mean, you know, it's easy for me to go like, hey, "You're a writer, Jeff. You should write it." But uh, I what what a great movie that that would be the, the Paul Mooney story. I mean, oh, so, I'm sure one day, you know, one day they're going to do that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, no, I, I've been, I feel like he's on my shoulder sometimes, you know, you know, cause my whole thing is I just don't want to let him down. So that's on the back of my brain when I'm writing all the time now, that's what's driving me. Are you bringing, are you bringing notes up on stage? <laughs> now, homie, remember it's spiritual. It's spiritual. <laughs> Oh, my God. So well, you know, I, it was crazy. The shit, and I should have said this earlier, was the way I got reacquainted with my father was I was doing stand-up at the world stage. And I used to do this joke about my father telling me a bedtime story as a heroin addict. Right? Like, one of the jokes was like, uh, Jeff, if a, if a heroin addict get bit by a spider, does the spider get high? Because I was walking and saw some beautiful jazz notes in this web, and I started playing. I was like, that spider's a bad man. <laughs> and some guy came to me afterwards and was like, is that true about your dad? I said, Not, well, kind of. I said, I ain't seen him since I was two. He said, what's his name? I said, Bobby Pittman. He goes, he was just playing in here last week. And so I gave him my card and said, hey, if he ever comes back. And about a month later, I got a call. Said, "Hey, your dad's here. He wants to meet you." Wow. What are the chances? What are what the are odds? Chances. Yeah, and, and that's and then that's how you guys reconnected. Yeah, because see, my real last name is Pittman, but my mom put me to school under Keller. 
So when he was looking for us, he's looking for Jeffrey Pittman, not Jeffrey Keller. Got it. And there is a lot of Jeffrey Kellers out there that are not black. <laughs> yeah, man. I almost used some some doctor's photo for you. For, for ah, your- that'd have been hilarious. <laughs> that now that would have been funny. So, uh, yeah, I didn't know if I should or not. So I figured I I would use yours. You know. Uh, which which is funny. So uh, you, you know what? Let me just take a second to thank everyone that's in the audience, uh, folks. If you're joining us live, thank you so much, uh, Jocelyn, Dave, Kurt, Deborah, Sam, uh, Bad Bunny. There, uh, who who else? Is it uh, Ulrich uh, and Woody? Thank you guys so much for being here. For those of you that are catching the the live stream either on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook, thank you for joining us. Or if you're rewatching this and it's just audio. There is video available if, if you go over to uh, – if you just look for Paul Vato Presents uh, and you can you can find us there. Uh, go to paulvato.com and all the links are there. But if you want to follow Jeff, which I think you should, uh, Jeff, would you mind giving out your social media, which is both Instagram and Twitter? What's wh- Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, and it's my mom's white. Now, for Wait. the white people listening, it's not my mom is white. It's – my mom's white. <laughs> oh, okay. I got it right. Okay. My mom's white. Yeah. My mom's yeah. white. Because you know they're going to go like, my mom, my mother is white. <laughs> and it's not going to get you there. So, uh... you know, it's funny because when I get off stage, I've done all this political race material, and people go, So, what's your uh, IG? I'm like, my mom's white, and they'll start laughing. And I'm like, no, for real. I'm like, no, that's my Jesus. That's brilliant. They're like, that's not what we asked. We, <laughs> your IG. Yeah, my mom's white. What? I'm fine. We we get it. Fine. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome, though, man. That yeah, what what a storied life! What a great life! And I can see where you know a lot of your of your comedy comes from. So maybe let's uh, move up, you know, because I left when I, well, I guess when I moved to Vegas in '09, uh, but maybe even before then, I stopped doing the Pocha Hour of Power. I, well, most importantly, are you guys still using my? Th- I say my theme song. Are you still using the theme song that I'm in, where I go? Let's do this. Man, let me tell you something. I love that, but Gary Bach had changed it. He's a whole different one now. And it's not it's not as creative, and it's not as fun, and it's not as brilliant. Wow. Well, because Stevan Zul, it was like, hey, little homie. He was, like, doing all the voices, and I was like, uh, let's, let's do this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. I'm going to have to maybe, – maybe I'll have to use it here. But uh, or at least uh, debut it here because I thought it was I thought it was a great intro song and I just love the fact that years later they were still using it. Um, you know, times change, things got to change. How did you end up connecting with Lalo uh, Alcaraz and Esteban and Patrick? I would imagine maybe Dave Carter was maybe there at the beginning. Yeah. So what happened? They saw Zul saw me doing stand up, <clears throat> and I it was it went back when the. Uh, what was that dude? The Australian, the uh, Australian guy, the uh, shark. What was his name? They ended up dying. The crocodile hunter. The crocodile hunter. And yeah. I said, 
I said, how how did he not think that he wasn't gonna get get shot? I mean, he was in the shark's hood. You know, <laughs> Stingray saw him and did a swim by. You know, boom, boom. <laughs> what up, fool? Stingray. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve Irwin, I think. Yeah, right? Steve Irwin. Yeah. Steve Irwin. So the Stingray did a did a did a stingy by. Yeah. So swim by. That's brilliant. I love it. I love so it. Uh, yeah. So he saw that invited me on the show to be a guest a couple times, mm-hmm. and then I was hanging out with him and Lalo at some party, and Lalo's like, "Yeah, I want you to be on the show." I said, "No, I like you know doing the show." He goes, "No, no, we want you to be like a regular, because uh, what's his name's leaving," and I'm like, "All right, cool." And that's how it started. Wonderful. I, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I, I guess you're an honorary pocho. Yeah. And see, they didn't even know my background, you know, with like my cousins and my aunt and uncle. So they didn't even know that in Baldwin Park. So they didn't even know that whole background. You, you're, you're basically Mexican. Yeah. I got a whole, a whole Mexican. I got a whole cholo side of my family. Believe me. They. <laughs> <laughs> they was hardcore. They was they was they was hardcore. Yeah. Orale. You just you should grow out your mustache, you know, and you, know, you gotta have your head up, right? You gotta have a head up like Orale Holmes. Yeah. You know, you gotta have all that, you know. You gotta dance like with your, your thumb, you know, your finger and your, you know. I'm your puppet. Come on, little puppet, you know. Little puppet. Come on, you know. <laughs> and Cholo. Wonderful, man. That is amazing. Uh, if if uh, I, I don't know how you're doing on time. I, I mean, I, if, if would it be would you be willing to take some questions from the audience or would you like to meet some of your so, so, some of the people that are here, either fans or followers or friends? Uh, how's how's your evening going or what, I'm what good. I, don't, I have a show at eight and it's not that far. So oh, I'll take some questions. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. So if anybody would, would like to come up, by all means, please. Uh, uh, put your hand up and we'll bring you up and you can be on video if you'd like or not be on video. That is totally up to you. Uh, in the meantime, where are you performing tonight in case anyone is in L.A. and they want to come and catch your show? Or what do you have that's coming up? Yeah, tonight I'll be at the Wren uh, Theater in Hollywood. Um, we're doing an 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock show. And then in the future, just so people know, this summer they're going to have Keller at midnight. And so I'm going to do a political show at midnight at the theater. Uh, I'll have two comics and then myself and just, it's going to be all politics at midnight. That's brilliant. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Give it up. Yeah, please. Everybody hit, hit the applause. Let's take a little applause break for Mr. Jeffrey Keller. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, we love it. Um, did you ever perform it? Is it called the comedy union? Comedy Union, oh, that was, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Entz Mitchell. Entz, Entz Mitchell, yeah. Because so, I've known Entz since the 80s, because he used to, he was always in comedy. He used to manage a club in Aurora, Illinois. And when I first got into comedy, I mean, just watching comedy and stand-up, he has been there since the beginning. So one day I'd like to just chat with you about him, and I'd like to reconnect with him. I'm going to hit him up on Instagram, because he was, like, instrumental in just my appreciation of comedy and I'm sure his history is long and varied. So. Yeah. Enzo was great. Every time before I would do a comic view on BET, I'd work it out over at, at Enz club. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Do you also know my friend, Samson Crouppen? No, I don't know Samson. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll have to introduce you because he, he, uh, I used to do a show with him, but let's welcome to the stage, a fellow comedian, stand up, Jocelyn. 
How are you, Jocelyn? Thank you for being here. If you have any questions for Jeffrey or if you'd just like to meet him, he's right no, here. I know Jeffrey. And I'm just, I was like excited to, I literally was just um, looking at my phone and I just saw Paul Bato, Jeffrey Keller, and I was like, I can't be my friend Jeffrey Keller. And then sure enough, I popped in here and sure enough, here he is. I mean, I think we're friends. I say we're friends. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah definitely. <laughs> Jeffrey, <laughs> Is, 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 would you like me to remove her from stage? Is this just a <laughs> fan that's, that's, uh, that's not... um, Jeffrey and I met um, organically in real life, just on the scene. Um, yeah, uh, I we do a show. We've done shows together for this guy called Baca, which is kind of just like a, I don't know. How would you describe his shows, Jeff? You a to... hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for for whatever it is, he's definitely well intended, right? He has yeah. a venue; it's a free mic. You know, it's an opportunity to perform. But I don't yeah. think he completely understands like what it is to produce an actual comedy show, you know. But it, it it's fine. We're all friends there; like we have fun. And um, my first time hosting for Baca. I actually had Jeffrey headline for me, and he um, he came through um, after a long day at Dodger Stadium, and um, we had a lot of fun. And uh, my friend Keenan Floyd came out too. And no, Jeff is just really good vibes, and I was just excited and happy to see him on Fireside. So, yeah, how are you, Jeff? And you said the Red Theater in LA or in Hollywood? The Ren, yeah, W R E N, yeah. Oh, W R E N. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Um, I actually have a show tonight too. Um, it's a new spot in Melrose. Mm-hmm. It goes by ya- Yaman Comedy Lounge. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's new. Um, but a couple weeks ago, when I first did the show, uh, Slink Johnson came by, um, who I didn't know who that was. Um, he's Black Jesus. In case you guys are familiar with that yeah. whole, um, yeah. So he came by. And again, I just feel kind of silly because, like, you know, Jeff came by, or I met Jeff, didn't know who he was, and heard him, and he was hilarious, and Slink Johnson. So, I I know I like playing this like baby comedian role because then I'm just I'm just learning who everyone is and just really enjoying um, being friends with them and um, being funny with them. So yeah, so I'm just here to, I guess, fan girl a little bit for you, Paul. Oh, you're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> We'll take whatever we can get. So, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Every time Jeff says I'm hilarious, like it literally just like makes like my heart flutter. I'm like, yay, Jeff thinks I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool because I'm pretty hard on comedians. Like my friends, if they want, they write something or they're doing a play, they want me to come see it because they know I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. You know, I'll be like, no, that's horrible. you need you need your cutthroat friends to tell you what's funny or not you know you don't need people to like i guess what's the word gaslight you or something yeah gas you up (laughs) yeah 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 well i mean i mean i would never do that but but jeff i (laughs) i did really enjoy your your sitcom that that uh that you were gracious enough to allow me to read has have you done anything with that yet or what's going on with it because i would love to be involved in any way possible because it is such a great script i think yeah so what i'm doing is my manager thought that would be great for a second episode 
Okay. And so right now I'm writing the pilot. Oh, okay. So I'm almost done with the pilot. And so I'll give that to him. And yeah, we should be good at that point. Wonderful. I love it. I, I would love to read it as well because I, I really enjoyed the one that, that you uh, that you allowed me to read. So thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. What what do, what do you have coming up? Um, it, it, do you have any besides the the uh, Keller at midnight? Is there any any? Are you touring anywhere, or is it mostly all in L.A.? Mostly in L.A. I'll be doing start shooting a movie um, in June. Uh, it's called Stranded. Uh, it's about a day with Suge Knight, and um, I play the stripper's uh, father in a wheelchair that doesn't know that she's a stripper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so the cool part is, yeah. Makes me laugh so hard. So the cool part is, he let me write my lines, which was awesome. And so we just got fifteen million uh, to shoot it. So we're going to shoot in Atlanta, Vegas, and L.A. So oh, oh, well, you got to let me know when you come to Vegas, uh, so I can at least come by and say hi. I'll I'll drop by the set. <laughs> oh, definitely. All of a sudden, it's like, how did Vato get in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I pull up in, a, in another wheelchair. I'm, oh, I'm his, I'm his war buddy. Like, like he came with a freaking wheelchair. Paul, if I come in my wheelchair, do I get on the set too? Do I get in a movie? <laughs> yes, well, hey, Paul, Paul, you know who who I'm going to be working with, how to work the wheelchair is D'Angelo. Oh, right on. Yeah. So I'm going to work with D'Angelo on that. I already asked him. He said, yeah, he'll work with me on it, so. Yeah. Well, if you need someone else, Deborah, Deborah here. I was say my kids uh, will just Deborah. help you too. I mean, my kids, you see, my wheelchair kind of. If I'm not in my wheelchair, they're racing with my wheelchair. So <laughs> they're really good to teach it too. I mean, just just saying. And I'm not a comedian, by the way. Obviously, I'm say obviously, but I'm not a comedian. I'm just coming up to support Paul and you all up here. So, Jocelyn, you may be a baby comedian. I'm not a comedian, although people will <laughs> funny, which is really odd for me, but. I was just coming up to say hi, but I love the comments of the wheelchair because I think that's kind of funny because, you know, I chase after people with my chair. So, <laughs> <laughs> And this was great today. Thank you. Yeah. Th- thank you. And Jeff, thank you so much for, for, you know, for taking time from your busy day and your schedule and, and popping into Fireside. And I really hope that we can see more of you, not just as a guest, which I'm sure a lot of people will hit you up, you know, to be a guest on their shows, but uh, if if you want to create something here, I, and I'd be more than happy to, you know, do something with you. Uh, it would be an, an honor and a pleasure. But uh, if if you need any kind of guidance, or if, even before you get accepted as a as a creator, uh, let let me know if you want to put something up because I'd be more than happy to to help. That. I've been trying to tell Lalo about it and and whatnot. I mean, I think it's a great way to record a podcast, and and uh, then it lives here on the platform, and you can download it and re-upload it. It's all about repurposing evergreen materials. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, but you know, he can barely do our show. Um, you know, so. I remember it was always like, "Okay, you guys started, I'll be right there," and, and the second the show started, he'd be, he'd be running in. Yeah, SMT, Standard Mexican Time. Yeah, well, now he just does it through Zoom, right? It's just I'm in the theater, I'm in, I'm in the studio, Zoo's in the studio, and he does it through Zoom. Is this what I caught you on well, Facebook Live during that one day, Jeff? No, uh, that was that was something else. We're on ninety point seven FM KPFK uh, uh, on the radio. Are you late for your Zoom meeting? Because somebody just asked me this the other day how they're still managing to be late for their Zoom meetings. 
So, Paul, I love your timing because we do the same thing. For Jewish Standard Time, we do all these other standard times. So I love the Mexican Standard Time. But are you late, Jeffrey, for your Paul, for your Zoom meetings and presentations? I just had, you know, since you're talking about the Zoom ones. Yeah, no, I'm kind of anal about that stuff. So I'm usually pretty much on time. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm not going to be there, I tell people, right? I'll be like, hey, I ain't going to get there till 11 or, yeah. Is, is, is that, this is horrible. Is that your white half that <laughs> fuck it up for the rest of us? Yes, it is. <laughs> Actually, you know, the funny part was my mom, I didn't even know she was white till I was about eight. That's the craziness. Oh, wow. You know, because she would cook saltwater cornbread, grits, uh, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, she all we had in the house was black people. Right. So I just thought she was light skinned. I didn't I didn't know she was a. Uh, white until my birthday party and this kid was like you guys are rich and i'm like why you say that he goes because you have a white maid because my mom was cleaning up and i'm like <laughs> 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 and so i was like i said who would you point at my mom i'm like well i said oh, we're not rich i don't think she knows she's white so let's don't say nothing <laughs> you're like oh yeah 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 that's that's the maid it's so funny you know you, you would talk about uh, maids, because I remember being in Mexico when we were growing up on vacation and uh, they asked my mom, you know, because all my father's, you know, family, they're, they're pretty well off. And uh, and uh, I, I remember, but even if you're not that super wealthy, you know, they, they all have maids. It's probably right. the same, you know, in the Philippines or a, anywhere else where uh, it, it, it might cost you a hundred bucks a month to have somebody come and do all the work or whatever it was. So they asked my mom, what's your maid's name? And my mom goes, oh, I don't have a maid. She goes, and and the little girls just started bawling and crying. And they were like, what do you, like Pablo, Uncle, Uncle Pablo doesn't get you a maid? Why don't you have a maid? Like you have to do all the work yourself. And they were bawling. My little cousins were just crying and bawling because they couldn't fathom that my mom wouldn't wouldn't have a maid. So wow. that's just reminds <laughs> Yeah, when we lived in the Hollywood Hills and that, uh, we had a maid. Her name was Aurelia. And uh, she's this black lady, and she was tough. Like, And I was kind of hard-headed as a kid. And so if I didn't want to eat my greens, I wasn't going to eat them. And she'd make me sit there till midnight. Literally midnight. Five hours. That's how. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd feed them to my dog when she wasn't looking. <laughs> <laughs> um what was that story that 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 i i remember you telling i think was it damon wayans uh, something about a cell phone maybe when you were parking cars was it oh man yeah so i'm parking cars at the comedy store and then damon was just rude to me right he like just threw me the keys and was just being a, a jerk and so uh he goes, park my car. And I'm like, dude, what? what's the attitude? And so I parked the car. And back then they had the cell phone in the car, right? Sure. So I got on the phone in his car and called my this girl that I knew. And we talked for about an hour. So about a month later, I hear Damon talking to another comedian. It's like, yo, my wife made me uh, sleep on the couch. And he's like, why? He goes, because there's this girl's number on my phone. And I kept telling my wife, I don't know that number, and I don't know that girl. <laughs> I'm like, 
Karma, baby. Karma. <laughs> How do you spell karma with a K? Number with a T? C A R? Karma. <laughs> that is funny. I remember because when I first, my first cell phone, late 80s, in the car, you know, of course, they were attached to the car. You couldn't take them with you. Back mm-hmm. in my day, you couldn't travel with your cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I had, you know, I, I've been blessed, man. I, I've been around a lot of greatness, right? I mean, I had dated a girl that sang with Stevie Wonder that was engaged with Steve. I got to hang out with Steve for a while. I mean, I've been, you know, I've, I've been blessed to be around people who are at the, the, top, <laughs> the top of their game. That's, you must be, uh, you must have some stories with just meeting all these people and celebrities and whatnot. So I would love it if you could come back and, uh, <laughs> that you would come back and, and join us and, and uh, maybe we can do a part two uh, because I, I don't want you to be late t- to your gig. So I don't know how much more time you have, but uh, so, so thank you. No, thank you, man. I, I, you know, thank me. I, you know, I'll take anything lightly, you know, whether, you know, if it was a tonight show, Paul, it's, it's all the same to me. You got to treat everybody the same, man. So I appreciate you having me and I appreciate people taking their time out of their day uh, to join us uh, for this interview. So thank you guys. Do you have any final thoughts or is there anything that you'd like to leave our, our audience with? Cause we've been going an hour and, and again, I, I appreciate your time. So uh, yeah. Do you have anything that you would like to leave the audience with or yeah, like I said, final thoughts or, or, uh, and maybe let us know, you know, again, where they, people can find you uh, on social media. Yeah. Again, you can find me, my mom's wide on Instagram, Twitter, um, it would always tell people like when I, when I get done with my comedy act and it's pretty racial and I'm like, well, if you're white and, and you laughed, that's because, you know, I'm not talking about you. But if you didn't laugh. <laughs> exactly. 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 So, yeah, you know, hug somebody, make somebody smile. You never know what they're going through people. That's amazing, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone has a cross to bear. And so thank you for those wonderful, wise words. Jocelyn, joining us up here. And uh, everyone that's in the audience, thank you guys so much for, for popping in. Uh, it's been it's been a pleasure. And again, Jeffrey, I would love to continue this conversation uh, another time. If you could make it back, I would love to have you on. Or, or maybe you can join us as, as, you know, if you have time to do some of your shows on here on Fireside. Mm-hmm. We me with open arms so thank you so much bud all right thank you brother have a great weekend you got it my friend uh break a leg tonight have an amazing show and everyone if you're in la please uh please follow uh jeffrey and and uh listen to him on kpfk uh, so thank you a round of applause for jeff thank you guys so much